Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at Doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small-batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Gangier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Navy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest owned Mike Havey. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Otto, John C., Helen, and Herrick. Good morning. Speaking of players, speaking of player, we chair. How are we doing this morning, this cold, snowy morning? Yeah, beautiful out, huh? Just making friends. Was it, did it ruin your uh, kids trick-or-treating? No, they're on the I think it came out, came out for Come on, Rick. Let me see that smiling face. Your camera on, Rick. Oh, my camera's off. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got something to hide? Come on. No, I got I got the uh, sunlight blowing through my window here, so I'm trying to I'm gonna slide over here. Your ray of sunshine. Oh, well, enjoy it while we can. A dark, coldy day. It's not long before it's gone. <laughs> you know that. Nothing better for transparency than sunshine. How's everybody? <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good. Nice to see you guys. Rick, how is it? Uh, What's it like being the most second-guest guy in town? <laughs> uh, it's right behind being the most second-guest guy in my house. <laughs> oh, I'm the, mo- I'm the most second-guest guy in my house. I don't right. know about that. I don't know what I do. <laughs> I always see I don't know how I made it through life all this time on my own. Well, all these backseat drivers. Uh, Rick, you should do this. Rick, you should, including me. I mean, there's no... No bigger hypocrite than me. Hey, you know, get the cover bands in there. Do this, do that. Start the start the show earlier. Start it later. Whatever. Everybody has ideas. That's okay. I mean, we, we it does improve over time because you know there are a few good ones that come in too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we have Rick Amos and Joe Reedy from the Friends of Park and Rec. For the new people that may have tripped over the curb and stumbled into this podcast, uh, could you give a little background on Friends of Park and Rec? Like, what's the difference between Friends of Park and Rec and then the Recreation Department for the city? What's a treasurer do? What's a board member do? 
Yeah, those are those are all good questions. Let me let me start with a description of the organization and Joe can chime in in terms of the various roles uh, that we play. So the Friends of Lake Forest Park and Recreation is a, is a 501c3 foundation, so a not-for-profit. And we are a support organization, a sounding board, uh, a, an assistance provider, if you will, to the Park and Recreation Department. So led by Sally Swarthout and Joe Mobile uh, and a host of other folks. Um, we, we are there to assist them to promote parks and recreation programming, activities, and all things that do with, with parks and recreation in the community. Um, Lake Forest is a little different in that a lot of North Shore communities are um, park districts, which essentially means they have taxing authority on their residents. Lake Forest does not have that. We're part of the, the Parks and Recreation Department, part of the city budget. So they're part of the city government organization. So we, we are an outside volunteer organization, in most cases, helping to uh, fundraise to support programs uh, within the Park and Recreation Department that may not be part of the, the annual budget. For example, right now we're, we're leading the fundraising effort for the Pathway Project, which uh, is uh, hitting the, the, the airways recently, which is essentially the city wants to rebuild a ramp from Forest uh, Park Bluff, if you will, down to the beach. Um, and we took out the ramp years ago because the uh, bluff was, was, was eroding. So the decision was made to rebuild that uh, in conjunction with the city. So, you know, the estimates that came in to build that were, were essentially double what we thought they would be pre-pandemic. So $2.8 million roughly. And so the city uh, decided to do a public-private partnership where the city was going to kick in about half, and then uh, then the hopefully the city residents would kick in the other half. So the Park and Recreation Foundation, Friends, is in essence leading that fundraising effort uh, in hopes that we can close that out by the end of the year with our fundraising, so that we can do the the uh, construction work, if you will, over the winter and through the spring. So by Memorial Day next year, the rampway is open down to the beach. Joe, if you don't know how important that ramp is. I don't know if you've ever tried to take a cooler down uh, those steps, those rocky steps. Yeah. You know, uh, you got to first of all, you got to dodge the Rockies that are running up and down the damn thing. Yeah. But if you want to bring your cooler <laughs> down and if you want to bring down a substantial amount of beer, that is a haul. And you cannot walk. You cannot walk on that ramp where the cars go. Right. right? So that's the only way you can get down there if you want to enjoy the, the beach. Yeah. And if you don't. And Pete, you raise a good point. As we've been out fundraising a lot, you know, clearly the first question we're asked, great, I think this is a worthwhile project, because there'll be lookout points along the way, it'll traverse back and forth down there, so it won't be too, too steep, uh, but it'll be functional, and some great viewpoints out over the lake, but the second question we get is, what are you doing about the stairs? You know, what are we doing to either widen those stairs or add a second stairway, because there is so much traffic traffic down there. So one of the one of the things candidly we've been talking to city government about is, is giving them that feedback. And I know the city manager and the mayor of are, are saying, hey, that's probably a good idea. So we should look into into possibly doing something about the stairway as well. So that's where that's where public feedback does help us make better decisions, I think, for the community. If you're gonna buy the stairway to heaven. <laughs> Oh no, I think God. you should have put one of those. I apologize. I'm one of those guys running up and down those stairs. So I'm one of the people you're talking about. So I, I had to dodge you. <laughs> no, they dodge me. 
I'm bringing my <laughs> case of beer. Get the hell out of my way. Put in a chairlift, Rick. You know, you know. <laughs> there you go. Or, or one of those alpine slides, you know. You can get, a, get a dumb waiter so Pete can just put his beer on the dumb waiter okay. and have it bring it down. Well, I got the dumb the dumb part. <laughs> if we don't do the donations, that means we got to increase the taxes, right? No, what we'll essentially do is we'll delay the project a year. So okay. right now, uh, city council is voting uh, at the December meeting to order the steel infrastructure. You know, there's a steel base with wood with wood pilings, if you will, that'll go on the top that most of us will see as you're walking up and down. But you know, there's some supply chain issues with that. So we need to we need to get the funds by the end of the year. Donations are rolling in. So so for those of you considering it, timing is of the essence here because we want to order. They want to bring it up for council vote on December 4, order the steel. So it's here in April. So the and your donations are tax deductible, right? Donations are tax deductible. Make them to the Friends of Lake Forest Park and Rec. If you go to our website, um, there's all sorts of information there. You can contact me. You can contact others. Um, there was a mailer that just went out to all residents in the city in the last week. So many, many folks probably saw that. And so we're hoping to, to get this done. We're at about I haven't checked the numbers in about a week, so I think we're about $1.92 million of the $2.5 million total. Nice. So it did go from 2.8 down to about 2.5, so we rebid it. Um, so the good news is, you know, we're about 75% of the way there. So hopefully if we can raise another $500,000 over the next 45 days, that'll that'll give the the council, the green light, in essence. Well, and what I, what I really like about Lake Forest, one of the things I really like is, you know, there, there are other communities that would probably just write the, the whole check, say, oh, whatever it costs, we'll just pay for it out of our taxes. We'll just raise taxes, you know, whatever. And Lake Forest, you know, it is a very uh, fiscally conservative uh, community. And uh, they, you know, uh, you, leveraging these public-private partnerships like this, I think, you know, makes it so we have the lowest uh, municipal tax rate in yeah. Lake County, I believe. So, yeah, yeah you're right, Joe. It, it's a nice partnership. We we did the Forest Park Beach. We did this. We raised about three million dollars to restore that. So our community has a, a long history of of our residents reaching out and being very charitable and very, very gracious with their funds to help you know improve the community. And I think I think you're seeing the benefits of it as you look at the you know, the, uh, the turf field project, which is, which is almost uh, completed here this month, it's supposed to be finished. That looks spectacular if you've been by there and other they're putting on the finishing touches of, of that now. So, you know, you're, there's lots of projects in the community where you can say that, hey, this just wasn't the, the government spending your money and however they want to, this was, a, this was a joint decision, if you will, made by the residents and, and what the powers to be in city government think is, is best for the community, to your point, Joe. There's sponsorship opportunities, right? Because if you're going to have different levels, I mean, I don't know about you, but those damn steps, I had to go to level one and take a breather. That'd be a great opportunity for a sign. Uh, check your pulse and uh, sponsored by <laughs> Lake Forest Podcast. Lake Forest Podcast. Well, as, as you'll, <laughs> if you've been to the new community, Deer Path Community Park, you will see they're they're finishing the walk path around the park now. And there are various uh, exercise stations, if you will, around the facility. So as you're walking, there's chances to do some things. Um, you know, back to the pathway project, there will be a, a recognition board um, down at the base at the, at the beach level. You know, so there are sponsorship opportunities 
um, there of various levels, starting at $1,000 going up. Um, we had a very generous uh, lead sponsor uh, of the project um, that hasn't gone public yet, but a significant amount of, of monies was donated by a, a single family here in town. So, you know, one of the things I love, I've, I've lived in Lake Forest now for, gosh, 24 years, and and I just love the fact that, you know, so many people are engaged in caring about the community and, if you will, putting their money where their mouth is regarding uh, worthwhile projects. Sure, it was a cardiologist. So we have the uh, tree lighting coming up. That's You have, what, four events a year? And this we is do. one you, of them? You want to know what the, well, you know what the treasurer and the secretaries do of the friends? You want Joe to chime in yeah, on Yeah, go that? ahead. Joe, Joe's quiet. <laughs> Rick's doing <laughs> a great job so far, so... <laughs> What's a treasurer do? You count money? Like, yeah. here's a check show. What do you do? I'm responsible for the entire finance and accounting function for the Friends Foundation. Um, you know, make sure that all the necessary filings are getting done. The audit is complete, paying all the all the bills that come due, and then um, just, you know, maintaining the cash. And in addition to my role as a board member to help uh, fundraise for certain certain events um, and certain special projects as, as Rick mentioned. So is there an election for the board? It's a volunteer board. Uh, in fact, you know, we're, we have some people terming out now and, and some new openings coming. If anybody's interested in learning more, certainly reach out to us. You know, one of the, one of the, the Joe's role is critically important as well as our secretary and our president, our vice president. For, for several reasons, but one of the biggest one is, is we are a pass-through entity. And that's significant because there's a lot of folks in town that have charitable intentions or want to do things, but they don't want to go through the administrative process of setting up a, a foundation or a charitable organization, you know, another 501c3. So we have folks as a pass-through, we have folks that will come to us say they want to build batting cages or a basketball court or the Stephen Malin field, you know, out in the West end of town and the family behind that and others have said, Hey, rather than going through administratively doing all that, can we give to the friends with the intent of fulfilling our, our desires, our wishes, if you will, with those funds. Uh, Wildlife discovery center is another one. Ello farms, right? There's some stuff out there. So there's a lot of that going in the sailing fund, right? Kinderhaven, there's, there's probably a dozen or so of those going on. And so Joe's role and that of the board is to make sure that the donor's intentions with, those, with that funding uh, is here to in terms of what their intentions are and the money in fact was spent and wisely. And, and of course it's audited and accounted for. So if there are others in town that say, hey, I would like to do X in the community, certainly reach out to us. Doesn't mean we can do everything, but if it fits within the city's charter uh, in terms of things that, that we think make sense for the community, uh, then, the, then the Friends of uh, Parks and Rec is more than happy to take a look at that and help assist if we can. We can have the Pete Jansen's water park right on the lakefront. We can do a water park. <laughs> we, we've, had some, we've, we've had some folks talking about a marina. Open slide. In Lake Forest, you know, expanding the marina and, and bringing in power boats down there and some other things. So we've had a number of ideas over the years. And of course, um, uh, we have to go to city government. It has to be talked about. It has to be processed. Everybody has to vote on it. It has to make sense. Um, years ago, a, a fire and rescue boat for the beach 
uh, was a hot topic. And so the friends spearheaded the fundraising in that, if you will, for safety and security down at the beach and, and raised a couple hundred thousand dollars, if you will, for the, for the fire and rescue boat down there that's been used numerous times, you know, within our community and along the North Shore and assisting other communities. So there's some worthwhile things that come out of, of that effort. And we're, we're pretty proud to play a role in that. It's freezing out. Who cares about the beach? What's what's going on? Where, where can I get Eli. a good cup of hot cocoa, Rick? Well, I know you're relatively new to town, Pete. So I hope you've been to the tree lighting. I know you were there last year. And last year was a great event. Um, we were blessed with warm weather, uh, which was wonderful. So I, I probably increased our turnout a little bit. We're estimating we had about 5,500 people in Market Square last year. So for a town wow. of 40,000, that's a pretty good turnout. So we're hoping we're hoping for the same this year. Um, you know, one of the things that was great about it is, you know, this has been going on for 40 years in our community. So I think this is the 42nd year, if memory serves me correctly. And so we'll do it again this year. It's it's the Friday after Thanksgiving in Market Square. Uh, the event will start at three o'clock. It'll run till six o'clock. Um, and there's lots of activities for the kids. Uh, there's crafts for the kids. There's uh, all sorts of stuff. And then the mayor and we'll have bands perform, a brass band perform. Uh, we'll have the high school chorus come on. The Lake Forest Dance Academy will perform. The mayor will come up and have give some messages. And then we'll flip the lights about 515 uh, in the evening, uh, lighting up all of, all of Market Square. So it's going to be a great event. We're hoping for a great turnout. We are, we are going to, just so everybody knows, we are kind of pulling back the event from last year. Uh, we got some feedback within the community that felt that last year's event, which featured um, food, food stations, um, drink tents, and a band afterwards performing uh, what we call a little mini concert. Uh, we got some feedback from, from folks thought that that was a little too commercialized for what they feel as kind of like a Hallmark moment, if you will, a Hallmark movie type of yeah. tree lighting festival. So we're going to pull back a little bit um, this year and that we'll still have the stage so everybody can see that was that was uh, that was solidly approved by everybody. Thought that was a great idea last year, but we're going to eliminate the food station or food trucks, if you will. Uh, and the alcohol tent will not be there. There will be hot chocolate. There will be cookies. Oh. There will be the donut truck. The, the Ortel donut truck will be there again this year. There'll be coffee and stuff like that. But a more conventional, more condensed event from three to six that, that hits all the high points of a tree lighting ceremony without, the, if you will, the commercial aspect of getting folks to maybe want to stick around a little longer. There'll be plenty of opportunities to support some local businesses in downtown and uptown or downtown, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, the, that'll be serving food and drinks. I'm sure uh, the, the Lantern and Duffers and all those places will welcome everyone with open arms. Who knows? They may do little specials. Yeah, yeah. All the restaurants are, are, will be full every year and uh, the downtown merchants uh, hopefully will be open uh, throughout the day. I know many have said they will be this year, given the size of the crowd that we expect. So, it is a great day to come out and, and meet with friends and family and support the local communities in town because um, we certainly want to continue to do that. I guess yeah. I got to bring That's my uh, peppermint schnapps this year. I can't have O'Reedy pouring me a, a, a cold one this year. I'm a little bit disappointed, but that's Jeff Urso will pour you a cold one <laughs> over at Duffer's. 
We got a couple other events I'll pour you beers for. <laughs> you, <don't worry. laughs> you did a great job at that concert. You were the best beer pourer I've ever saw. Dude. Yeah, um, I, I enjoyed working that truck. Um, that was a lot of fun. So don't worry hey, let's not forget you. Santa Claus is also going to be at the tree lighting. So bring Ooh. the kids, get your wish list in early. Um, and then, yeah, we just want to maintain this tradition. It's a great community benefit. Um, you know, it's a free event for, for those in attendance. Um, and, you know, we, we fund this event through sponsorships, um, in addition to general donations throughout the year. So please consider supporting so that we can, uh, keep, keep, uh, providing this tradition year in and year out. Yeah. And the city of Lake Forest is a big, big supporter of this event in terms of their funding as well. Yeah. Well, they, they help you out with a lot. They put public works guys on site and, and. Obviously, you need police anytime you uh, have a large gathering. So yeah, the the unsung hero of the events that we do every year. You said it earlier. We do four events and throughout the year: a golf outing, the Fourth of July, the music festival, and then the tree lighting festival. And you know, none of those would be possible without the support of Sally and Joe and the and the staff at the Park and Rec Department. You know, uh, City Manager Wisha. Uh, Mayor Tack, all of city council, very supportive of this. You know, most of these events will have, you know, anywhere from 25 to 75 city staff, you know, behind the scene, pulling it all together, uh, cleaning up during the event, and then tearing down and cleaning up after the event. So while the residents get to come and have a good time, you know, there's, there's a significant amount of people and resources being committed to this to make it uh, run as smoothly as, as it does. So we're, we're thankful for the city and the city staff to help us do that. How much you get paid for doing all this? We don't get paid anything for doing it. You know, or Pete, it's our, uh, it's our contribution to the community. You know, it's, it's one of the fun things about the friends is we enjoy doing this because so many people send us letters or, or give us donations or they stop us, you know, in, in the community and, Certainly a lot of people listen to your podcast. So, you know, over the next 10 days, we'll have folks that'll stop me on the streets, if you will, saying, hey, I saw you on the podcast. Thank you for doing this. And and, and we're happy to we're happy to do it. We think it improves the quality of, of the community and being a resident of Lake Forest. All of us serve in some capacities. The two of you do the podcast. You know, you don't have to do this, right? You want to do this. And so, you know, we I'm think, hoping to make money one day. That's OK. But I tell my fun. wife. There you go. But it just makes it makes being a part of our community special. And, and, you know, the more people that do this, the more stuff there is. I don't know if you're familiar with there was a there was a recent community survey and the top two vote getters of reasons why people live in town, you know, is community events and outdoor concerts. And so that made our foundation feel pretty good because, you know, those are those are two big things that we're a part of. And, and there's others doing other things. So it's not clearly us. But at least it knows that, you know, the, the tens of hours that goes into planning each of these events, um, if you will, and the thousands of man hours cumulatively are, are appreciated by the folks in the town. And it's one of the things they like about living in the port. For the new people that just moved in that haven't been to it before, does anybody have any insights they could give? Because before, you know, they do a countdown for the for the tree, right? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Mayor Tack will go up there. He'll read something. You'll have the uh, the Rockettes up there. I don't even know who those, who, who are those? Lake Forest Dance Academy. Dan Dance Academy. You always do a great job. 
uh, they do that. So you want to be kind of close to the stage. You want to be able to, you know, film this stuff, post it on Instagram, say, oh, look at my Hallmark town, you know. But any other insights we want to give to to people uh, when they yeah, come? Yeah, good question, Pete. So here's so here's after watching the event all these years, this is this is my 19th year being involved. So I would say this: come early if you want to get to Santa. There's lots of activities for the kids to start, and again, that starts about three o'clock. Um, get up near the stage. Uh, you know the, the the stage that we brought in last year for the first time allows you to be. Uh, uh, spread out, if you will, and see everything. So that was a big improvement from last year. But Western Avenue is open all the way, you know, from from Walgreens, you know, all the way down to uh, to Westminster, right? So there's plenty of room to spread out. Most people kind of get jammed into the horseshoe, if you will, around mm -hmm. Santa, but there's plenty of place to spread out. The biggest tip I can give you is is go to the restroom before you come. <laughs> Because if you have 5,000 people show up you know, for three hours in there, there's a limited number of facilities available to you while you're walking around. So uh, generally, the biggest request we get, is there any other place I can go to, uh, to use the facilities? And, that means pace yourself on drinking whatever beverage you're drinking. So, or, or drink ahead. But it, it's not a bad Bring an empty bottle. The stage, but the Santa, the Santa line can get long. So we come early. We've got activities for the kids to do after you see Santa and waiting for the lights to come on. There is There are cookies and donuts being passed out. There's hot chocolate being passed out. So there will be things, activities for the kids to do beforehand. But that Santa long line gets pretty long pretty quick. In our, Rick, are there volunteer opportunities for folks at this? If you're, Are you guys still looking for volunteers? Or? No, we, we, I think, good question, Joe. Normally the answer is yes. I think in this particular situation, since we don't have a beverage tent that we staff, um, don't need, don't need as many volunteers as, as we would for our other events. Um, but, you know, the, I think the Gordon does also run a movie for kids uh, from one to three. They generally, I think they show home alone. I'm not sure if they're doing that this year or something else. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of activities during the day. You know, the Friday after Thanksgiving is obviously the biggest shopping day in the year. So, you know, the streets are full with people. So parking, generally not a problem. But if you park behind City Hall, you know, or one of the city parking lots, generally there's, there's spots there for you to wander around the street. But if you're trying to park in Market Square, it's pretty tough to find a spot. Will the stage be raised again this year? Stage so will be raised in the, same, in the same location. We're kind of... Uh, next to the, the old the old uh, west side train station across from fourth foodery uh, in that area we will we will close some of the parking uh, along western avenue if you will along the train stations to the north so that we can set up the stage area there and then those uh, parking stalls outside of fourth foodery and over by uh, lululemon will be blocked off because that's where our the hot chocolate beverage tents will be set up during the day and then we have a kids area in the back you know, uh, by the old, by the blue mercury and back in there, those, those stalls will be closed as well. So, you know, the, the setup takes some, a few hours for us to do that. So the parking in the, in the square, if you will, will be somewhat limited. So Western Avenue will be closed off? Western Avenue will be open until about one o'clock. Then we will close inbound traffic and just allow the traffic, you know, to exit that, that got there before one o'clock. Between between CVS, if you will, their path and Western Street. 
Okay, so tree lighting, highly recommended. Highly, 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 highly. The other event. Will be mayor right? tax first tree lighting. Yeah, because last year uh, uh, Mayor Pandalian did the honors. He did. It was fun. Last year was a great event. The weather couldn't have been better. So we got our fingers crossed that the snow we're seeing today will will dissipate and it'll warm up here uh, three weeks from now. The way Randy moves things along, I don't think you'll get ten seconds. <laughs> he is pretty. Uh, three, two, one. Let's words. go. He's efficient. <laughs> I, I've, to I've, the next. I've enjoyed talking with him and meeting with him. And I think some of the things city council are doing are some great ideas. So it's uh, Mayor Pandavion was a favorite of mine. I really enjoyed working with him. <laughs> uh, he was very supportive of our organization and things we're doing. And, and Mayor Tax seems to be doing the same. So it's been good, I think, for the city and certainly for our foundation. Well, let's talk about the second guessing now, Rick. What <laughs> You've done this for 20 years and ups, downs, sideways. You don't know what the weather's going to be like. You don't know what the tastes are going to be like. You got to budget this stuff. What, what is it like to be the most second guess man in town? You know, it's, 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 it's pretty easy to be honest with you. You know, having, we have a great foundation. Um, a lot of people volunteer for what we're doing. So, you know, we divide and conquer the tasks. Um, we, we, we know you can't make everybody happy, so we don't try. <laughs> that makes it easy to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. We're going through the process now of the, the music we're going to hire for 4th of July. So the planning, you know, eight months out has begun and there's, there's fun conversations about, you know, are we tired? We tired of these eighties and nineties free treads. Um, let's, get some, let's get somebody new. Let's get somebody younger. You know, the, the next generation of parents in town, I'm 60 years old, right? So the next generation of parents in town that are 35 to 45, you know, want some, somebody from this century, uh, to play at these events. Right. And so, so the, the challenge becomes for our foundation is, you know, uh, a, a named band or a tribute band is affordable because every, it seems like every community is doing festivals now throughout the country. So that's driven up. Booking now, yeah. And so of, of doing these. So it's getting harder and harder. And the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, candidly, the big name artists just don't draw enough fans to justify their fee. Um, you know, in the old days when we brought in Rick Springfield or Big Head Todd and the Monsters or something, you know, they would draw a couple thousand folks from out of town that was welcomed because they would come in and go, hey, this is a nice town, maybe I wanna live here. Or they go back to wherever they, they're from and they tell their friends that hey, I was in Lake Forest, it was a nice community. That less so now, it's generally more within, within our community. So we look at our demographic of, of those that come to our events uh, and we say, okay, that's who we're entertaining, the, the six to 7,000 people that'll come to the festival, how old are they? And, and to be honest with you, the kids are running around in the back of the venue and the older folks are the ones listening to music. So we have a tendency to cater more towards those that are there for the music aspect of it than just want to turn out and run around with their friends and goof around. It's ego versus profit. <laughs> you know, we are, we are a fundraising body. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. And that's become very difficult over the last four or five years, especially since the pandemic, 
right. you know, there, there were years when we would, we would make 40 or $50,000, for example, on the 4th of July and all that money, hundred percent of that money goes back into the parks department. You know, we have, we haven't seen that profitability in the last five years. You know, it's become more difficult because the, since the pandemic, the cost of doing these events is, is, I don't want to say doubled, but almost doubled. Mm-hmm. Certainly 60 to 80% more than what it was when we first started doing it. So that puts a challenge on us. And, you know, hence the tribute band or the local artists, uh, like we've had the last, the last couple of years, makes it more affordable. And, and I think at the end of the day, people just want good music that they recognize. Right. You know, and, and given our audience, you know, the younger folks like to discover new music, but again, they're really not our audience for these events. It's generally folks our age and maybe younger that want to go and, and hear music that they're familiar. Less risk. Less risk. Yeah, and I'll add to that. You know, that to, you know, just to reiterate what Rick is saying, I think a lot of there's a there's a big component of fixed costs that goes into these events, and that's the portion that's increased. And uh, although we do get good attendance numbers, it's really the profitability is really driven on how many people we can get um, and ticket sales for for those two events. Um, we can flex a certain amount of costs in terms of who we expect at the events, but uh, a large part of it is is fixed, and those have gone up over the years. But we uh, we manage um, in planning each event year in year out, and so um, we'll we'll keep working on it. But yeah, love to get people more involved and and get out and bring their friends, bring you know their family out of town, and and really have a good time. Yeah. Spoken like a true treasurer there. <laughs> Do you guys uh, survey, you know, pricing survey? Hey, would you pay this for that? Just to get an idea if somebody will take the survey. We, 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 we don't survey our events. We do benchmark our events compared to what other folks are doing. Um, you know, in terms of our ticket prices, if you will, the value they get for it, the time they get for it. You know, when Netka does a music festival similar to our music festival, and so we look at what they're doing, and, and, and we know the folks that organize that. We share ideas. I had a conversation with them, you know, less than a month ago about, you know, lessons learned in terms of what they're seeing with Netka versus what we're seeing and how we the best practices to try and do this. Because, you know, we want their, their event in Winneka being successful in June helps us have our event be successful in August. But it's it's tough, and and you know all the communities are even fireworks now. Everybody's doing fireworks before you know, and and so that's driven up the cost. And you know last year was a difficult year for us for the festival for the Fourth of July festival. Um, we planned the event without any idea knowing how many people are going to show up. Mm-hmm. And so last year we you know it was a year after Highland Park's tragedy. Um, it was at a new venue, it was a new location across the street, if you will, from, from where we've traditionally done it. Uh, and, you know, and, and it was in the middle of the week, it was a Tuesday. So, you know, for those, those three factors, you know, our attendance was about half of what it normally is. And to Joe's point, being the treasurer, he's like, hey, we sold half as many tickets as we sold the previous year. So, you know, that, that directly impacts our ability to fund and, and add if you will, accoutrements to the event to improve the experience for people, it's got to be paid for. And, and, you know, thank God for the city of Lake Forest. You know, they, they, the, the city council and the mayor 
appreciate and city staff appreciate the fact that these events are important to the community. The surveys do support that, that we just saw. And so they've, they've been our backstop financially, if you will, to make sure we can continue to do those events. And, and at the same time, you know, the expectation is that, hey, we're, we're making money. We're not just a, a cost center. Um, so the, the balance between those two has is, is, uh, never been more difficult. Here's the monkey wrench. Okay, we have you guys doing this. What, like, what do other communities do? Like, if the city is backing you, giving you a safety net, then shouldn't the city, like, have a special events person to, like, pitch in and help you out? Are you the special events person? Like, why is it, Lake Forest is special. I get it. We do things differently just so people can understand what, why do we do it this way with the friends versus having the city taking on some more risk? Yeah. You know, that's a good, that's a fair question. You know, my perspective is, and I've had a lot of conversations over these years with, with city staff and personnel and council uh, persons and mayors, um, the city certainly could do this. They don't need us to do it. Um, I, think, I think the value of us doing it is that it does get the community involved. I mean, I, candidly, Pete, I think not only Lake Forest, but everywhere, maybe more so now than ever, everybody loves to point fingers at somebody that's not doing a good job or you need to do more or whatever's going on, right? And, and while some of it's fair criticism, the reality is I think we're a stronger community. I think we're a stronger nation. If more people got off their couch and got involved and engaged and just sat back and, and armchair quarterback the criticism of it and and part of it is you appreciate how much work it does take, but you know we're a stronger, more vibrant community if more people are involved. And so, and so getting getting and look at all the foundations in town. You know, Elwell Farms, the open lands. There's a lot. There's a, a great tradition in our community of so many foundations. You know, the Friends of the Library just did a big project, right? So, you know, I think that's one of the unsung. Uh, secrets of our community is there are so many people engaged in getting involved and and you know I got skin in the game Joe's got skin in the game all the others got skin in the game if you're spending your time treasure or talent as I refer to and and we generally want two of the three if not all three from from folks that say hey you know you get what you give and so doing this makes it better and 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 tasking your city government to do those things is doable, but I just don't think it's as rich, and I don't think there's as much skin in the game. I, I, you know, my kids ask me, Dad, why do you do this so much time? Because it's, 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 it, it adds up. And Joe's kids are doing the same thing. I said it's the same reason I make you do your chores to give you your allowance. I could just give you the money, but you got to have some skin in the game and, and have some sense of pride of what you're doing. And and I think the same is true for our community. So I think I think the model we have is is the appropriate one. And I would say, you know, I've seen over the years living in different communities and serving in different roles, I've seen the difference of events <clears throat> run by private groups versus events run by government staff. And I think in the end, the, the events run by private groups are, tend to be better run, better events um, because of what you just said. There's there's more. It's not just, oh, it's my job. I got to do my job. Um, this is something you chose to do. You guys could easily walk away from this, um, but you've chosen to do that and you have skin in the game and uh, and really have taken, you and the other volunteers involved have really taken 
taken the bull by the horns and and um, uh, made these into really fun events. And to our point earlier, at the end of the day, this is we don't have to raise taxes. We we have um, we 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 get private resources to help pay for these nice things in town, uh, so that we do keep that low municipal tax rate. Yeah, yeah, one other thing, you know, most of the city staff aren't residents of, of Lake Forest. They can't afford to live here, right? So, so I know we're sensitive to the fact that it's nights, weekends, and holidays that we do these things. And they have families. They live in neighboring communities. And, you know, it's a holiday for them, too. So, you know, I always feel badly on the 4th of July because, you know, we got 8,000 people running around the field having a good time. Well, there's 70 volunteers that that aren't in their communities or aren't with their families enjoying the 4th of July because they're setting up, tearing down, picking up trash, trimming trees, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, in that example, because we appreciate their contributions, we've invited their families to come to the event. We let them in, we feed them, we say, hey, here's your, your, your spouse is giving up their time. It's an impact on the family. So please come and be a part of the event. So at least you're, you're close by while they're, while they're assisting. So, you know, that human element, if you will, of what we're doing, I think also adds to the quality of the experience. And I know, I know those workers and their families appreciate that attention. I want to throw out a plug, uh, Lake Forest Bank. They have a special relationship with you guys, don't they? They always come through. You know, they are they are a, a wonderful organization, uh, not only in the success that they've had. You know, Ed Waymer just uh, retired as chairman, is now executive chairman, lives in our community, and his wife Dorothy and their family were raised here. But Wendy Shanker uh, is there and a handful of other folks. And, you know, not only have they supported our events, but there's I can't remember the last time there was a community event going on when Wind Trust or Lake Forest Banking Trust wasn't a sponsor. I mean, you think of the commitment that they've made to the city of Lake Forest. And again, you know, Wind Trust all started here, so it's special, but it's not only here, it's all the communities in which they have branches and locations. And, you know, to be honest with you, our foundation wouldn't be nearly what it is without the support of, of, of Ed and, and Wendy. Uh, and, and the commitment they made to our community and our foundation. So we are forever grateful for the support that they continue to give us. Yeah, we're very lucky that, you know, most communities now don't have a local bank anymore. It's either, you know, Bank of America or, uh, you know, one of these big national chains and there's far hey, less local banks uh, than there used to be. And so it's nice to have um, um, somebody here in town that uh, continues to, to uh, support all these activities in town. Well, and and, and to their credit, I, I think I saw some data that said like 43% of Lake Forest residents um, have accounts with Lake Forest Bank and Trust, by far the largest bank in town. And and I know personally, I, I, I think that's awesome, but, you know, our companies, our companies bank with the big nationals. And to be honest with you, the level of service you get with those folks is not what it once was. And so, you know, we see a trend moving back to the more community regional banks in terms of service um, and, and comfortability because Joe, to your point, you know, relationships matter, right? And as, and as organizations get bigger, those relationships go away. But, you know, Lake Forest Community Bank, anytime you walk in there and I go in there all the time, 
you know, Robin's there at the front desk greeting people. I mean, when do you see that? Nobody does that anymore. Mm. And it's a wonderful attribute and probably much of their success is because they continue to do what I would call traditional things in terms of relationships with their customers. That other bank has a really nice parking lot. That's about it. A homeless welcome in the homeless center. I'm talking about the other one. Oh, this weather's taking the, care uh, of that. Bank of guys. America. We, but we digress. We Rick don't want to Joe, draw Rick into that. Uh, <laughs> Rick, Joe, do you want to talk about uh, the other events, or we want to leave it hang here? Yeah, we 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 are we're all focused on tree lighting and making sure that goes well. But you're right, you're right. We're already working on the golf outing and um, Fred Jackson, the Fred Jackson golf outing. We're working on the Fourth of July festival in terms of uh, location and dynamics of that. Um, you know what would be helpful is the future of the music festival is up for debate. Um, we are uh, we continue to uh, be challenged with that event with attendance, uh, primarily because it's August. You know, kids are going away to school. Kids are coming back from vacation. There's Lake Forest days. You know, high school starting. There's there's a lot of things going on in August. We've moved the date around a couple of times to see if that will help, and it doesn't appear to have made a change. So, you know, I think we are in discussions at the foundation and with with the uh, city of Lake Forest in terms of the future of that event. So um, if people feel strongly one way or the other about that event, let us know. Uh, give us a call, send us an email, and let us know if you think it. Uh, yeah, don't do it anymore, or yeah, no, please keep doing it. I think I think in your case and the city city support around that or resident support around that may have some influence here in terms of whether we continue that event. Here, I'll, here you asked, I'll answer. Uh, a lot of the business people that I talk to when I'm, you know, thinking at the at the library with taps, is uh, to do more. Uh, you know, the street festivals just block off Western and you know throw a stage up and get a crowd together to go into bars and whatnot. That's what that's what they've told told me and they'd be willing to pitch in on that i don't know the what the profitability is is on that but uh if the city will you know put the police in there and you you, you put something on stage uh yeah yeah well we that's interesting feedback we you know we moved it from deer Path community park to the city hall hoping to get more traffic flow throughout the day you can come in and you can come out you know if you will um it's 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 been a challenge. So, you know, we're, we're looking at moving the event to earlier in the summer, perhaps June, uh, seeing if that'll help before, before summer vacations and things like that take place. But, you know, again, the cost of the cost of doing these things is, is not insignificant. Um, so the, the challenge is, is how do we do it? And, and candidly, if we had 5,000 people show up rather than 2,500 people, we, this wouldn't be an issue. We keep going. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's a lot of work and effort for 2,500 people to come, um, regardless of how you do it. As you know, down in the city of Chicago, there's tons of street festivals, and they perform marvelously well. But their density of population of being able to walk out and walk three blocks and go to a music festival is, you know, it's a different demographic, if you will, than we have here in terms of uh, ease, ease of getting to and you, you, as you said earlier, you you guys transitioned away from getting like big name artists like I think you mentioned Rick Springfield, 
um, you know, because it just it brought in a lot of people from out of town. Um, I don't know how it worked profitability wise, but obviously you pay more when you get a bigger name. So it probably all washed out. Um, so, but you want to keep it local. Um, but that if we do that, then you got to, we need more locals to come. We need more local support. And we, and we do this, the park and rec department does do the uh, music in the square on Thursday nights. Yeah. So they do eight, they do eight weeks of kind of that local come into town and bring a lawn chair and listen to some music for an hour. And, and that's so, so we didn't want to compete with that. You know, the city, the city is, is testing some ideas regarding the bank lane redevelopment project. So, you know, perhaps there's some opportunities as, as, as they decide the direction on where they're going with that to, to create more of a street fair type atmosphere uh, along uh, adjacent, if you will, to that, to that development project if they end up doing that. All right, more ideas coming out. Joanna Rolek, can you uh, help pitch in and uh, get something going here with the chamber? Can can they do something to help out with you guys? Certainly, we welcome opportunities with the chamber and with the Market Square Association. You know, we again, we think there's strength in numbers, um, and if and uh, maybe it's a big strategy session uh, led by city government and, and the various organizations in town to bring bring more energy and more people and more support if you will of the of the central business district if you will certainly that can help you know if we were to to, to pull resources rick amos joe reedy <laughs> this most second guest people in town <laughs> this drinks for you <laughs> i have watched rick at these at, at the concert and some oh, of these other events he's, he's a boss he is like he is everywhere. I mean, that guy, we're all sitting having a good time. He is every single point. He's on the stage. He's he's at the beer tent. He's at the concession stands. He's making sure the garbage cans are empty. I mean, he is, I mean, this guy is, uh, I mean, amazing what you do, Rick. And, and Joe, too. Um, Aridi's uh, well, behind those tappers. Yeah, he does. No one, you'll never find a better bartender in town than Joe Aridi. <laughs> well, it's nice of you to notice. I would say we got 15 folks that are that are working just as hard as I am, but I guess I'm the face for these communities. Well, and you're, you're pretty people, tall, Rick, so you stay Rick, up. Rick is being... So. They don't see everybody else, but there's, there's a lot of people... Rick is being really humble. He, In addition to what you're seeing, he probably puts at least 10 times that amount yeah. in throughout the year, planning the events, um, you know, constantly on the phone, talking to vendors, organizing, you know, really... Uh, He's got so much institutional knowledge and experience. We all on the Friends Foundation appreciate it. And uh, everyone in town should should really thank Rick because uh, without Rick, I'm not sure that these uh, these events would would um, go as smoothly and, and be as nice, if, if at all. So thank you, Rick. Well, thank you for your time. Rick. Yeah, these events just don't they don't just happen. Anybody that's ever been involved in an event, I mean a lot you spend more time planning the event than the actual time of the event rick, rick i like to thank your dermatologist for your thick skin <laughs> it's not that bad Pete. you know of course i've been i've been criticized throughout my whole life for various things so maybe you just get a thick skin as you sell your teflon right? all right all right last time how do how do people find out about you where do we send them so go to the friends of lake forest park and rec website uh, Joe or uh, Pete will throw up a, a little website for us. 
right right now the, there's two big things come to the tree lighting festival it's a great event the more people that show up the better um, but this pathway project uh, if, if you're all inclined to want to support no do don't no donation is too small uh, we'll throw up the graphic on that as well time is of the essence here as i said the city council has to vote december 4th because they need to they need to say yay or nay to be able to order the supplies to show up in the spring so that we can have that completed for next summer's beach season to get down there. So, you know, again, we're about $500,000 to go, maybe $600,000 to go on that. So if you can, if you can make that donation uh, the month of November, uh, then, then we'll be on our way and that will be greatly appreciated. So time is of the essence on that. Yeah, there is a little bit of urgency on that because of order of operation due to the uh, bluff project, right? They need to re-landscape and redesign that entire area. So it's really, um, it would save the city money and uh, also time um, by by putting in the groundwork to do the walkway before it's landscaped. Because um, if we don't hit that goal, there, you know, there, there's a risk that uh, we might not proceed with the walkway at this time in the future, but then... You don't want to have to, you know, dig up, um, dig up the landscaping and design um, if that proceeds in the spring. So um, it really is. We're we're almost there. Um, we're about, you know, over two thirds, almost three quarters. Um, and any any little bit helps. And here we are in November, so this is a great time if you're looking for uh, tax deduction yeah, opportunities. Made too much money, you capitalist pigs. Well, one, one point I'll make also, I've been asked about, okay, if you go over your goal, what happens to the excess funds? Fair question, right? You get Rick so, Springfield. So all those funds will go into the beach area in terms of other things that we've been working on that, if you will, are on our wish list. So if we end up at 2.7, for example, rather than 2.5 on the project, then that additional $200,000 would go into additional uh, maybe beach equipment or repairing beach equipment. I I, I keep arguing for the, the the stairway. Let's let's take some of that money and and widen that stairway or add a second stairway, if you will, because I think most people in town, based on my feedback, when I'm asking people to give, is that's the thing they want most. Why do you I guys? Think you should run? get a uh, Led Zeppelin cover band at the dedication to play Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's a Why do you guys? run those steps especially when everybody's there why don't you do it like earlier in the morning you, you guys I, you put your suntan lotion on you put your cat and then you wait till everybody's there then you start running up and down that's what i notice why do you guys well, do that, that that tells me you're not an early morning person Pete, because <laughs> i run it at seven and there are people going up and down those stairs at seven and so uh, most most folks that are running will pause at the bottom or at the Belvedere Midway and let those walkers come down before they run up by them. Not everybody, but most people are. are uh... No, when I go to the beach at one o'clock with my case of beer in the cooler, I got these tykes running up and down, bumping me in my cooler. I'm just saying, that's all. I'm just wondering why. That's just me, you know. I'm sorry, guys. I'm edgy this week. I don't we're just gonna no, get no, we're no. gonna get you a dumb waiter, Pete. It, it lifts your cooler up for you. I'm a smart waitress. <laughs> I think we get a high propensity of positive votes if we said we're gonna widen that stairway, so it doesn't have two lanes. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Rick Amos, Joe Reedy, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, guys. Worst thank podcast. You. Here, I'm gonna hit pause. Keep up the good work, guys. <laughs>
just like you. We're the third most second guest people in town. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're more. I think you're more second guest than I am. <laughs> Actually, I think we're more second guest than the mayor. <laughs> I've just, just misunderstood. But <laughs> the Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Gangier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Otto, John C., Helen, and Herrick. 